It's a laundry list of names vying for the votes of Ottawa residents for the top job in municipal politics in the capital. 14 in all are looking for your vote to put them in the mayor's chair for the next four years. Jim Watson had announced late last year he would not seek re-election. There will also be a number of new faces around the council table, as many have decided to not run again. Coming up on the Unpublished Cafe, we'll take a look at the candidates running to lead the city over the next four years. Of the 14, some names are familiar. Catherine McKenney, the former councillor for Somerset Ward, threw her hat into the ring early. So did former regional chair mayor and MPP Bob Shirelli. Longtime broadcaster and entrepreneur Mark Sutcliffe has waded into the election waters for the very first time. And Mike McGuire, who finished second to Jim Watson in 2014, has jumped back in again. Coming up on the Unpublished Cafe, we'll chat with the editor and publisher of the Orleans Star, Fred Sherwin, a longtime watcher at City Hall. To get some more perspective on how the mayor's race is shaping up with about one month to go, I'm pleased to be joined by Ottawa Citizen columnist Brigitte Pellerin. And Brigitte, what in your eyes makes this an interesting mayor's race? You know what, Ed, what I found really interesting this time around, and I'm looking at it more from a bird's eye view, I'm, I'm not looking at each individual issue, but I'm looking at the three, like the three front runners, if you will, and when you look at their policies and the kind of people who tend to be supporting them, you find an interesting portrait of the city as far as the sociological groups within the city, um, the way that they exist right now. You have for the Captain McKinney uh, camp, you have people who really care about more community issues, more transit-oriented issues. They're the bike people. Uh, they want to make the environment a very, very priority issue. When you look at the Mark Sutcliffe camp, you find people who tend to be, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I find almost aggressively middle-class folks, right? People who own their home, people who perhaps live in the suburbs, though, though by no means not all of them. That's a bit of a caricature. I, I understand that. But you, that's still the flavor you get when you go to his events. And when you look at the Bob Shirelli campaign, and I, I, I had a nice lunch the other day with Bob Shirelli himself, and, and he was reminding me of this group of people in Ottawa who are tired of the big projects, tired of the shiny new things, especially when they don't work. And I'm looking at you, LRT, uh, expensive dreams that a lot of candidates may have. And they say, can we just get back to the basics? Fix what we have, stop spending so much, live within our means, fix the potholes already, and not have any new big expensive projects. And they are perhaps the more risk-averse folks within the Ottawa electorate, but you know what? Their views have not been heard that much in, in recent years, and they have a voice too, and their voice counts as much as that of anyone else. And perhaps we'll see, that may be mm -hmm. the surprise this year, this time around this election is to see that group of voters uh, come out in force to say enough for the big projects already let's get what we have let's make it work and then we'll think about adding uh after that so uh, that to me may be the surprise and i'll be really pleased if i'm right about this and if i'm wrong i'll deny having said it but <laughs> if i'm right about this that these folks will come out and vote strongly in favor of candidate shirelli uh that will be an interesting um even if he doesn't win it will be an interesting puzzle, if you will, or challenge for whoever wins the race uh, to take those views into consideration carefully as they get going in their mandate. So are we basically looking at a three-horse race, or is Bob oh, yeah. just there by... You know, it's 
a lot of people say that perhaps he shouldn't be there really. I mean, he's been mayor before, like maybe it's time for someone else. Uh, but certainly the Mark Sutcliffe camp, uh, you know, being their marketing, their guy, and he markets, he markets himself that way as well as the only non-professional politician really among the, 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 the front runners. And he's right about that. He's not a professional politician. Um, and maybe he wants more of that slice of the electorate to himself. And fair enough. I mean, if I were him, that's what I would want to. But I do think that it's interesting to have Bob Shirelli there precisely because he represents more of that, perhaps a little bit, I don't want to say old fashioned in a bad way, but people who want to go back to the basics as far as municipal governance goes. And I think these people deserve to have their voice heard and deserve to be part of the, the debate. And we'll see when the votes results uh, come in, um, you know, how much of an impact they really had. But I do think that it's important to have their voice there. You know, a lot's been said about Jim Watson and his influence during his time at City Hall. Do you see him casting a shadow on his on this election? You know, those who didn't like him or were against him, you know, look at McKenney as their champion. And Sutcliffe has, has close ties to Watson. I've asked that question to all three candidates when I uh, sat down with them, and they all kind of didn't want to answer that question. They said, you know what? Jim Watson's not running this race. We are, we are running. We want to have our ideas put forward. Um, so from their point of view, Jim Watson is like, they don't want to hear anything about him anymore. And perhaps that's fair enough. For most people, like he's been so much present in the last, you know, the last few years that, especially for younger voters, that's all they know, right? That's the only mayor they really know and remember. And so I do think he casts a shadow, especially when it comes to the influence of developers on municipal politics. Um, and also the, the LRT Bungle is perhaps too strong a word, but let's just say it has not lived up to the to the promise, and that he will have to wear, and that will it's not so much a shadow as a bit of a, a shackle on the next mayor. Like they'll have to deal with this, and that's not going to be an easy one. You know, this is the first time in a long time I've watched City Hall that an organization is actively working to get candidates elected. I'm talking about Horizon Ottawa. Do you see having an impact on the mayor's race, and do you think it should? Um, as long as everybody plays within the rules, and I have seen no evidence that anybody has done anything but play within the rules, I have no problem with money and politics, again, following all the rules, because money is expression, right? When you look at, at politics, people like me, professional loudmouths, I call myself, right? Um, we have a, I have a voice, I have a platform, I can say what I want, I can say what I think, and whether or not people want to hear is a completely different issue, but I have no restrictions in what I can say. Why would other people who have other jobs who may not be in a position where they can express themselves publicly, why would they not use organizations like Horizon Ottawa or any other um, as a proxy? By, by helping fund these organizations, they know that they're going to fund certain policies, that they're going to try and advance certain policies or priorities. Why not? Why would their voice, why would they not have the option? Again, if it's all within the rules, why would these people not have the option to use what they have, money, to try and influence politics the way I try to use what I have, my voice, to try and influence politics. I think it's fair. All right. Now, now the one thing when I heard that Mark Sutcliffe was running, uh, I thought the one thing that was going to be his downfall was his ability to speak in you know both languages, both official languages. Uh, do you think that might have a, a, an impact or will come up in the campaign? I don't think so. I've heard him speak. I've known Mark Sutcliffe for oh, 20 years almost, and uh, he's not native francophone, obviously, but he can certainly express himself in a very, I'm, I'm native francophone, and I have no problem understanding what he says. Okay. I don't think, I'd be amazed if there were any francophones in the city who objected to, to his French. I mean, obviously, it's it's not 
absolutely completely fluent. There's still a little accent here and there and some mistakes, but perfectly serviceable. I think that on this score, uh, candidates are doing a very fine job indeed of representing the interest and the and listening, being able to listen to Francophone voters in Ottawa. All right. Well, Brigitte, uh, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Brigitte Pellerin's a columnist with the Ottawa Citizen. The mayoral candidates continue to unveil their platforms almost on a daily basis. What we haven't seen is much of a debate among any of them. Fred Sherwin's the editor, publisher, and owner of the Orleans Star, and he joins us now. And Fred, overall, what's your impression been of the mayoral race? Well, number one is we sure got a crowded field. That's number one. Number two is I have a sort of personal, I, I was actually kind of hoping right up until the 11th hour that Yasser Nakfi would enter the race. Um, cause I always thought he'd make a fantastic mayor, but uh, that, that never came to be. He obviously has another job. Hmm. Um, pretty much. I, I thought I, I expected to hear more from, from Shirelli than we have. Um, and it's basically just seems to be boiling down to a two horse race between, uh, between, uh, Mark Sutcliffe and Catherine McKinney. Okay. You know what? I'm going to name a candidate and, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind when, when you think of that candidate and what we'll say is first off, Bob Shirelli. Um, yesterday's man. Catherine McKenney. Uh, social, uh, uh, you know, social environment, uh, issues. Mark Sutcliffe. Pro business. Mike McGuire. No idea. Don't know enough about him. Okay. Now, Mark Sutcliffe talks a, a lot about public safety and, and increasing the police budget. Considering the occupation uh, in, in downtown Ottawa and the lack of effort by police, do you, do you think that's going to haunt him during this campaign? <laughs> you know, every time you could, I don't, we, we've been around a long time, Ed. I think this oh, yeah. is what now I'm, 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 I'll be celebrating my 32nd 33rd anniversary covering municipal politics mm -hmm. started in 1989 and candidate after candidate promises the moon during the campaign and nobody really holds them accountable during, during the actual, uh, during their mandate. I mean, you know, you're going to get all kinds of promises made during the campaign. We're going to do this. We're going to spend this. And the problem is once you get in and you see the reality of the situation, I mean, just ask Larry O'Brien, once you get in and you see the reality of the situation, things change. So everything they promised during election campaign, you got to take, not with a grain of salt, but with a block of salt. So will he be able to implement all, all the, all the uh, uh, we say campaign promises, but they're not really promises because they'll turn around and say, well, I never really promised it. It was just part of my platform. And if I'm able to do it, I'll do it. So uh, any promise that make is going to be a challenge, no matter what. So especially it involves increased spending. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Now, uh, being on the other side of Jim Watson during the last two terms at City Hall, and obviously Jim Watson has a number of detractors, does that endear McKenney to the voters or or not? I, I think it endears him to to her her constituency, which is largely, uh, uh, you know, let's say I hate using terms like a right wing, left wing, but but she she is definitely left of center when it comes to her politics. So to her, it is I think that that endears her to to that audience, and then it alienates her from, let's say, uh, your more conservative audience, right? I mean, she has a certain lane that she's in, or she's been typecast in, let's put it that way. Um, she's been endorsed by Horizon Ottawa. So um, I, I think it endears her with her constituency and then and not so much with it. And I don't think it has so much to do with, with her relationship with Watson as terms it has to do 
with her platform and her politics. Yeah, Horizon Ottawa, you brought that up. You know, and we it's been a long time covering uh municipal politics for both of us. I, I don't recall a group sort of coming out and saying that they want to sort of put a you know a slate of candidates at City Hall. Have you seen that before? Well, yeah, they 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 endorsed candidates in the last election. They've been around for a while now. But have they done that? Like, have they been as as strident? I don't recall them being as strident. Oh no, no, they've becoming more vocal through the years. Yes, for sure. And affordable housing appears to be the biggest issue for for Ottawa voters, at least according to the Main Street poll we were looking at. Which candidates do you make the best case for for affordable housing? I would say it would have to be McKinney. I mean, uh, but but again. <laughs> You know, affordable housing is a wonderful thing. You, we want, who doesn't want more affordable housing? I mean, my kids right now are all at the age when it's about time they move out. And it's like, you can't afford apartment anywhere. You know, you're looking at a minimum for a one bedroom apartment, like a thousand bucks a month. I mean, affordable housing is not just about, you know, people who are on a fixed income. Affordable, we need affordable housing for everybody. Um, and it, there's no magic wand to get affordable housing. I mean, uh, I, I haven't been, you know, following it that much in the last sort of eight years, but I remember not so long ago when there was uh, most of the complaints were coming about uh, maintaining the social housing we currently have, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, people who are maybe in a, a social housing unit or affordable housing unit that, that you know, needs, needs drastically needs maintenance, and then you're hearing about all these promises to build new units. So what about, what about the, the, the apartment that I live in, right? So, yeah. Uh, again, it's it's great to put on a wish list. How do we get there? I mean, uh, for something as big as affordable housing, you're going to need a lot of of money coming in from the other two levels of government to achieve yeah, that. It, we can't. There's no way we're going to be able to achieve that on the backs of uh, the property tax. And, and that's what I was wondering: are, are the candidates kidding themselves? They are going to need the support of other levels of government to get any of their promises or wish list basically accomplished, right? Well, are they are they kidding themselves or are they kidding the voters? Right, they're kidding the voters. The <laughs> right, it's like you know, and, that, and that's why you know when we get to when we get to municipal elections, well, this is why it's so important for 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 the voters to do their homework. You know, you think we're going to see a bigger turnout? You know, last I think the last time around was just over forty percent for the municipal election, uh, but this time around, it'll be the first time in what ten years Jim Watson isn't going to be around. You and, to see a and, and believe it or not, forty percent was high. Yeah, I know. In the elections previous to that, it was around thirty-five percent. So we got it. We got it. We got obviously got an issue out here in the East End. We got we got three incumbents who who in all likelihood are going to get reelected, um, and they're running in three uh, re re uh, aligned wards. So a lot of people don't even know who their councillor is to vote for. Will that will that keep them from voting or or encourage them to vote? Uh, the one good thing we have going out here is the fact that we have a, a close mayoral election, and you would hope, I would hope, that you would get at least forty to fifty percent voter turnout to pick the next mayor. I mean, it would be pretty sad if only thirty-five percent of people bothered to, to, to elect who, 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 who are the next yeah, mayors. Exactly. You know, it's a month out to the polls. Do you uh, have any prediction of, of a winner at this point, or is there too much uh, racetrack? It's, 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 um, it's, it's going to be interesting because, like I said before, I think your, 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 your two, your two leaders are McKenney and, 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 and Mark. The question is, is how many votes does that Shirelli pull away from, let's say, Mark Sutcliffe, hmm. right? Um, and I'm hearing a lot from from supporters of his. I mean, that's their worry. 
I mean, you go back to the campaign of uh, uh, when when O'Brien got elected, mm-hmm. right? It was supposed to be a two-horse race between O'Brien and Shirelli. And then when Alex got into the race, Alex and, and Bob split the vote and, and yeah. Larry came up through the middle. Without Alex Munter, Larry O'Brien never would have been mayor. Okay, yeah, that, that, that's, that's pretty damn clear. So it, 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 we don't know the impact. We also have some, a, a candidate like uh, uh, McGuire, who's, who's also seen to be uh, pro-business. We don't know. He might take some votes away from, from, uh, from Mark Sutcliffe as well. So it, 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 it's, it's going to be, a, it, it's an interesting dynamic that's happening. I'd love to see, you know, we don't, a lot of guys, we don't do exit polls at a municipal level anymore, but I'd love to see exit polls in terms of who they voted, who people vote for, or why they voted for them. Right. So okay. I think it's going to be close either way. All right. Fred, I want to thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Ed. Nice to be, nice to see you again. It's been a while. Fred Sherwin is the owner and publisher of the Orleans Star. Ottawa residents will go to the polls on Monday, October 24th. Make sure you get out and vote. I want to thank our guests today on the Unpublished Cafe, Brigitte Pallerin of the Ottawa Citizen and Fred Sherwin of the Orleans Star. And I want to thank you for watching the Unpublished Cafe. Stay safe. I'm Ed Hand.